Bullets everywhere. Where, where were you when this happened? Right on the patio, right in front of my face. We were having beers inside. So we just heard everything. So everyone was running back to the bar. There was one guy zigzagging on Danforth, going from the south to the north, and wherever he saw people, he would just start shooting. The horror of what was witnessed last night on the Danforth. Pretty raw emotion. Uh, and people now, as much as they support the city, and they will, and everyone will, uh, across the country, you'll hear support for Toronto. And I would expect the same in return. But there's no question there is a problem, and it needs to be solved. I spoke with Premier Ford earlier on this particular issue. You know, what are you and other leaders going to do to solve the crime? And here was his response to one of the more, I think, important ways of solving this. Uh, we talked about the guns, uh, guns coming across the border, uh, from uh, south of the border there. Uh, the discussion of uh, some background checks. I, I believe it's uh, Bill C-73, I believe, uh, what the Fed, uh, federal government's doing about uh, uh, more background checks. More background checks. But uh, you can't take it seriously until they stop the flow of guns coming over the border, so at least it's being spoken about. But how does a mentally ill man, you know, a man whose family claims he had psychosis, how does that guy get a gun? How did he learn to use it? There is video that is circulating that shows some very haunting images of this shooter walking to his next target, kind of hunting. You see him stop. You see him directly shoot into some storefront. I don't know who he hit. I don't know if he hit that 18-year-old Reese who was going to become a McMaster student in the fall. I don't know if he shot a 10-year-old little girl who is no longer playing this summer. She's going to be buried. Maybe we'll find out. I don't know, but the video is pretty ominous. But you can imagine, you know, while we sit and speculate of all the who, the what, and the where, I mean, it's easy for us all to play armchair quarterback, but the shooting itself and what we're witnessing as far as the video and the information coming out will certainly be analyzed by experts in the field. One of those experts is Lee Humphrey. He joins me now. He is the president of James International Security Consulting. Lee, when you take a look at this situation, you know, family-friendly Greek town, uh, what's your first instinct tell you? Well, you know, one of the uh, one of the common themes we're seeing is that vulnerable areas, uh, public spaces, are the preferred targets of attack. And once again, you have a family-friendly space. You have an open space that's difficult to protect. Uh, you know, and that is the primary target these days. What does it tell you about the investigation? You know, I've covered crime a long time. I've done many, many, many SIU investigations, and I've never n- not seen this little information come out on on this like on a mass shooting in particular. We're not hearing anything. Yeah, it's and it's become more restrictive as the day has gone on. Uh, clearly, uh, there is something larger at foot, and we're seeing the uh, federal government uh, clamp down on on the information being released. Um, my guess is that uh, uh, the public safety minister is directly involved, and uh, and the RCMP and CSIS are directly involved at this point, and the, uh, the government is making it very clear that local authorities will not release information. 
Which to me is troubling for a number of reasons. First of all, I, you know, we get information so quickly out of the United States. We seldom get information quickly in Canada. But on this particular issue, um, it's even slower than when we saw the van attack. And so now you've got a lot of spe- speculation. You've got a lot of innuendo, rumor. And that's how the fake news starts. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the sources that I have were very clear that this person was known to both CSIS and the RCMP, and that he had been interviewed uh, by the RCMP in the past for his Islamic jihadi leanings and sympathy. Um, But that's as far as they were willing to go at that point. So, you know, to be fair to the authorities, they are looking at all uh, possible avenues. Uh, They are looking at a criminal intent uh, where somebody targets uh, an individual and and carries out a mass shooting to cover that targeting, Uh, possibly a criminal gang initiation uh, where somebody's required to, uh, you know, kill a large number of people. Um, And they're also, you know, clearly looking at a a broader issue uh, related to uh, Islamic Jihad uh, and, and, so they're not closing down any path, and, and I think they really want to be thorough here because there is a concern that this is the latter and not the former. Let's talk a little bit about what we have seen of the shooter himself. You've seen the video probably um, of him that was captured by witness. What does it tell you about the person holding that gun? Do they know what they're doing? Well, they certainly had firearms training. Uh, I, I'm a fire, firearms instructor, a small arms instructor. I spent 20 years in the military and 16 years in the private sector now. Uh, clearly, he drew his firearm smoothly. He took a proper stance. He aimed. Uh, his marksmanship, on the other hand, uh, was was not good, which suggests perhaps his training might have come from videos or simply practice and using manuals. Uh, but I doubt he's been out to the range a whole lot because he, he wasn't hitting targets unless they were extremely close. The other thing we've heard about, and it wasn't really followed up at the police uh, scrum with the chief of police, is the fact that there was a second person arrested. And I don't know what the connection is, but we've literally not heard anything more on that. And so when I say we're not getting a lot of information, you know, we haven't even been told by authorities, you know, was this a possible terrorist attack? Is the city actually secured and safe? Yeah, they're they're being very vague, and uh, as I said earlier, it's it, the the uh, the blanket that's being put over this is getting uh, bigger and larger, and people are speaking less and less throughout the day, which is typically the opposite of what we experience. So uh, it does suggest, and and this is just a gut feeling that there is something more to this than simply an individual deciding that he would go and shoot at a restaurant or a cafe. We hear every day, Lee, that Toronto is safe, Toronto is good, and that, you know, we've got this big discussion now on gun safety, gun violence. And to me, this one doesn't feel like that kind of conversation. No, this the, the stance this gentleman took, the outfit he's wearing, um, he had additional ammunition. He changed magazines smoothly and continued to fire. He engaged with police for a period of time. Uh, this is not a typical gang shooting or a low-level criminal that simply has a firearm and is willing to you know, blaze away until he runs out of ammo and then he drives away. What are we looking for next? 
I mean, we should have well, an autopsy tomorrow. That's when they say that we're going to get the at least the name of this person. Hopefully, we'll get it overnight. Um, but what do you expect next with this investigation? Well, hopefully, uh, they will come out and make a statement uh, that clearly identifies who this is. And if they do know, now that they uh, presumably have been after all his electronic devices, his online profile, etc., that we will get a better understanding of a potential motive uh, and, and then we can go from there. That, of course, is assuming that none of that has been erased or taken offline, um, which, you know, would have given us a, a bigger um, opportunity to look. But again, when you don't get information right away, um, you lose something in the process, I guess. Well, you know, I'd, I'd like to think the best of this and, and think that potentially if there is a larger, uh, broader uh investigation ongoing that they decided to keep his name out of the media so that they can carry out uh, a more detailed investigation and potentially round up other uh, either support personnel or cell members if, if it is something larger like that. Yeah. Lee, thank you. You're very welcome. That is uh, Lee Humphrey joining us. Um, he's got a bit of experience with this. Um, and, and there's more information and he have, and I've talked, there is other information to be looked into. I've heard information, a couple of source pieces of information. I'm not going to go with them yet because, you know, we're trying to be careful and make sure that we're not putting out misinformation. But there are still lots of avenues and lots of directions that this story is, in fact, being looked into. So while we have some answers right now, there's certainly many, many, many more questions. Um, and it's not that the media has a right to know everything. But certainly you want the information and we must be able to hold authorities to account. What do they know? What did they know? And again, how were all the red flags missed?